Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our well-being as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so Mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to episode 199, I think now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's not just a, a big-ish week for the podcast. It's also a big week for, for everyone in the UK as we go into uh, a second national lockdown. So lots of different things happening this week. I hope generally you're well and, and things are okay with, with you as you're listening to this episode though. I'm, I'm delighted to have another new guest this week. So Jojo uh, joins us this week. And uh, I must say, we, we, we do talk about, um, as always, some, some personal insights and some things that are kind of difficult to, to talk through. But we it just felt like a really good laugh, <laughs> um, being completely honest. It was, yeah, it was a really good conversation. really enjoyed sitting down and talking to Jojo. And hopefully... Uh, we'll we'll be able to arrange another time to to have another conversation there's lots of things that we didn't get a chance to talk about because we laughed our way through a few conversation (laughs) points Um, but no a really good conversation I hope you all enjoy listening in Um, as always if you want to find out a little bit more about our guest today um, there's a a couple of links in the show notes or the, the description to go along with this podcast episode if you're interested in coming onto the podcast in the future as well, there's information on the website, which is openjournalbc.com. So you can go there and find out uh, a few little bits um, about becoming a guest on, on the podcast. Uh, again, a huge thank you to, to Jojo for sharing her, her insights, her lived experience. I think it, um, it makes so many more conversations possible by sharing our own, our own insights, our own experiences and showing that we can sit down and we can discuss some of these quite serious and sometimes quite difficult things alongside having a a good a good natured laugh um at a few different points as well so big thank you to her for coming on and 
uh, thank you to everyone that's listening into this episode for continuing to support the podcast as as we roll round to uh, the 200th episode. Wow, that sounds strange. Um, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, as always, we've got information in the show notes over on, on the website. So lots of different places you can follow this conversation uh, and Jojo as well after this episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope your week is not too bad. Um, I think I'm going to try and make sure I'm sharing a few kind of bits of information signposting to to services that are happening um, throughout lockdown. So there is support that's still going to be available to people if you are struggling or if different things are happening to you or for you. Um, So do have a look out for those. Make sure you're checking places like uh, Mind and Samaritans that are sharing information through, uh, well, winter really, I guess. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I look forward to talking to you all soon. Um, Yeah, this was a good one. I hope you enjoy it. So, so Jojo, um, it's really nice to to finally kind of have a chance to sit down. I feel like you join quite an illustrious club of people (laughs) that um, I've had scheduling issues. I've got a couple of friends that I, I podcast with kind of every sort of three or four months and we've done that for a couple of years and we still are unable to, to work out the time difference despite the fact none of us have moved and we've done it about 10 times um so yeah welcome to the the timekeeping club listen this is education hard at work right here i don't know how it's so difficult um how uh, how's your kind of your last few days or how's your week been? It has been uh, rainy here, but it has been good. I almost got bit by a dog on my morning walk, and the squirrel um, threw a nut at me as I was walking by on the street. So all in all, it's been a very active week, and we're only on Tuesday. So so, so far, so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, the squirrel! What was the squirrel doing? <laughs> I was walking, I was like, oh, there's acorns falling from the trees. Like, oh, it's fall, it's beautiful. No, I look up and it was squirrel and he was literally throwing the acorns at me. And I was like, sir, I'm not bothering you. I'm just on my morning walk. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't want your acorns. You can have them. I'm not a threat. <laughs> it is that quite, quite nice time of year, isn't it? Where stuff is kind of falling from the trees and... Maybe we're not uh, not so keen on stuff being thrown at me, um, yeah. but quite nice to kind of see that sort of seasonal change. I think it's. Oh yeah, I, love I feel favourite. Yeah, it's really nice. It is really nice. I think I'm always conscious of. I feel like the kind of the the dark weather, the lower temperatures, kick in really super quickly from now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've already noticed. Like, I um, I had a cool. I think it was last week and we sat down and started sort of just after five o'clock and half an hour in I was sat in kind of pitch black darkness because the sun's absolutely disappeared <laughs> and I was like oh, I need to get early, early for today <laughs> yeah it just it changes so quickly so I think um it's nice to kind of have those habits in here kind of you've got that that routine to go out and walk and hopefully maybe the that that particular squirrel isn't always there <laughs> yes <laughs> me too um so yeah it'd be really nice uh to hear a little bit more kind of about yourself and, and, and your experience and 
kind of later on we'll hear about some of the stuff you're doing at the moment but um so much of the time i think it's it's really interesting to get those insights and be able to really sort of share those personal stories so just to hear a little bit about kind of um sort of who you are and, and where your, your your journey started really all right so first thank you for having me i'm excited i love to joke and laugh it is my favorite thing uh in the world to do because i feel like there's just so many hard things why do we have to be so serious all the time um so my name is Yanmitra jojo waddell uh, jojo is just so much easier to say than Yanmitra. i am the only live past crazy specialist and i carry that title proudly because i know crazy number one and number two i know that there's absolutely life after crazy uh, if you choose and I found that some people quite enjoy being crazy they don't want to leave it they you know they really really like that aspect of their life but um, I share my journey and my story um, and then I have a live past crazy blueprint that I work with people to you know help them identify whatever and listen your crazy doesn't have to be my crazy your crazy could be you know the neighbors the dog the cat the squirrel the kids you know your mama your sister, it could be anything that causes chaos in your life. It doesn't have to be mine, but the journey out of it is something that uh, we all share. And so I just share my journey so people know that they can live past crazy. Thank you. I think it's, it's, it's really come across, it's, it's strange sometimes how you get sort of little links between conversations. I think in, um, the kind of the last podcast episode, we had, um, Lynn mentioned like the difference between, um kind of our journeys and sort of having that sometimes we have that expectation that because I'm here at this point you should also be at this point mm-hmm. um and I think that's really nice that when you sort of spoke there about the idea of of kind of that the like my version of this or or my use of of words like crazy this is what it means to me it doesn't have to mean the same to you I think is there's a real sense of encouraging people to to engage and maybe not I don't know maybe not living in quite so much fear of some of the language um, Mm -hmm. and embracing whatever they feel is appropriate for them maybe yes because um here's my thing Uh, I welcome anybody wherever they are on their journey, wherever you are. The important thing is you started. Um, Mm. And I I think some people can, you know, you can look at other people and then you can compare yourself. Oh, my God, I wish I was so much further along. And Mm. why am I just now getting out of this? And why is this still happening? It's okay. And one of the the things that I've learned to do is to celebrate every day. I don't celebrate day um, one days. I celebrate day one. And so if today, uh, like when the depression was dark and it was postpartum depression and I'd had the suicide attempt and I was like, okay, Jojo, let's celebrate day one. Today, you washed your face and you brushed your teeth. Let's celebrate that. Tomorrow, you washed your teeth, brushed your face, you know, washed your face, Mm -hmm. brushed your teeth, you combed your hair. Let's celebrate that. And you've got to look at those small wins because they add up to the big picture. But you got to take the first step. Yeah, I think that's such a big thing. And I know without kind of going into some of the stuff we might discuss in a little bit um, too much now, like you you do a lot of work with different people um, and you kind of have that insight into to some other people's journeys as well. And I think um, sometimes that's where you start to see 
like you say, the difference in some of those journeys and actually the real, real difficulty in, I don't want to say getting started, but in some of those smaller steps at the beginning, like you say, the the just getting out of bed, the just kind of having that that initial bit of self-care of, of washing. Um, yes. I think so often I still see sort of self-care and I'm as guilty as, as anyone of this, of kind of self-care is promoted as this idea of kind of doing something quite big and sometimes quite luxurious yeah. for yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I, I definitely need more of that. But I think sometimes that does overshadow a little bit. Self-care can sometimes just, you know, be washing that's oh, yeah. that's the start of, of, of something yeah. um and I think sometimes we do overshadow that with the idea of oh it has to be like a luxury bath and you have to have bubbles <laughs> and you have to go on a spa day <laughs> it's like yeah. actually no just just having a shower just having a wash yeah. can be as much for, for some people and I think sometimes yeah. that's it's having that perspective that I think I imagine you're probably getting from also hearing other people's stories and experiences as well mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, when you think self-care, <clears throat> especially as women, they, you know, we've been trained to think self-care, let's go get our nails and our toes done and let's drink the champagne and, you know, like you said, the spa days. Well, no, self-care is knowing when you, I call it peopling, knowing when you've reached your limit with people for today. Mm-hmm. So if I've been out and I have peopled today, I have went to work, I've talked to people, I've laughed, I've done all the things. At some mm-hmm. point, I want to go home and watch Scooby-Doo, and I don't want to interact with anybody. I just want to relax, and I have peopled enough. And <laughs> it's okay to, you know, to know your to know your points, and when you have done all that you can do and given all that you have given, and to to retreat and to replenish yourself, that is an absolute necessity for self care. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to hear you kind of mention that idea of, of spending time with people and I so oh, I, I so agree <laughs> um I think it's only let's say earlier this week it's Tuesday um earlier this week having a conversation and so I was saying oh, you know I have kind of got to the stage now with with uh kind of our COVID situation this year where I kind of I miss people I miss kind of having that social time and yeah. I said if I'm feeling that and I hate people <laughs> I was yeah. like if, I, if I'm feeling that what do people feel like that actually really enjoy and really need that yes. social time it must be so difficult to be so restricted um yes. it's such a different experience for 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 people like that I think and sometimes you need that bit of a reflection to go yes actually this thing that is not a huge thing for me I'm starting to miss that so what about if people really enjoyed this and really value this quite a lot what my sister I would tell you my sister give me and I'm a firm believer I do what I call confessions and conversations with Jojo Mm. I will always use myself as an example and not anyone else mm. uh, just because I don't I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, are you talking about me? Nope, I'm talking mm. about myself and my family. So mm. <laughs> my sister is one of those people and she loves to talk to people and get out. And she's had a she's had a difficult time. And so what we have done, we have we do uh, FaceTime with each other uh, once a day so everybody can laugh and talk and have a good time. And she has pre-existing health conditions. So, you know, tack on to that, the anxiety of going out and, Mm. you know, interacting people and not working and having to work from home. So 
even though I may feel comfortable and sometimes be like, oh, I really miss people. And I may call a few people and I'm okay for her. She needs more of that interaction. And so for me, it is requiring me to be more mindful that, again, my journey is not her journey. So I've got to meet her where she is. And so for me, that means I'm making a sacrifice to let's do FaceTime or Mm. since I'm family, let me come visit you for the for the weekend or you can come visit me for the weekend, you know, just so it can break up that space for her uh, because it's like Groundhog Day. Every day is the exact same. You you wake up and you sit and you wake up and you sit and, and nothing is changing. And so I think we need to to break the mold just a little bit uh, just to give yourself some mental release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's do you feel, I guess, over that time as well, there's almost like that acknowledgement again of I think you even said it that the different different journeys we're taking through kind of this COVID experience this year um, of realizing that people do react differently, whether that's because of their perception of different things or whether that is because they've got different um, health conditions or situations um, and the impact that has on us in terms of maybe our kind of the, the, the health or social anxiety around going out. Mm-hmm. Um, but other aspects of our mental health as well. I don't, do you feel like that's maybe had a bit more recognition and you, you've kind of maybe seen or experienced some of that as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it is definitely, um, I think, so I, I have a concept and the human body and mind, we adjust uh, quickly to a crisis or our environment almost instantly. So every 90 days, your body creates new cells and new everything. So everything that you think you think or do for the next 90 days is creating the new you. So if I'm having anxiety and stress and it has been constant for the past 90 days and now we're months into this, just imagine what kind of physical toll this has taken on your body and um, how people are interacting with it. And if you think about it, this makes sense. Our hearing has changed because now COVID, we have to wear a mask. So now your hearing is more astute because now you're having to hear through a mask. You're way more conscious of how you move and greet and talk to people. Like our entire beings have changed because of this. And people are having to decide how am I going to now redefine my life? And and what does that process look like? Because it's not like it used to be so i may have had anxiety before right well now i got anxiety i got illness i got sickness and we are carrying the weight of those words on our body and you know if you're constantly in a a state of stress and um, turmoil then your body is just creating those cells over and over and over again and it makes it hard for you to come out of that funk and it Mm -hmm. becomes a continuous thing and people have have a difficult time with that. I think it, it, it's, I wonder kind of the way you've described it then as well, it makes me think of, it's almost like an insight, isn't it, to, yeah. um, I, I, I don't know, I'm making kind of a, the, the, the leap to kind of social anxieties here, mm-hmm. where I think there is that concern of, like you say, the interaction of, um kind of what am I doing is it safe to do this do other people think it's safe for me to do this do I think it's safe for me to do this and that concern 
Mm-hmm. And I think it is almost to, to some extent, and it is just an insight, it is is definitely not the same, um, but it is an insight into some of those experiences that people have lived for, with for years and years and will continue to live with after oh, yeah. this. Um, oh, yeah. And I think sometimes that message is also probably missed of like, oh, how oh, how difficult has this year been? It's like, well, yeah, yeah. you know, some people actually live like this. Um, yes. and do have <laughs> these worries all of the time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think while there's there's the positive of having that insight, it's often missed. I think, and if I'm honest, I've probably only th- really thought about that a couple of times, even in passing, yeah. of actually, oh, this is a bit of an insight. Um, because I think the first time, first time we went into a shop after having, I think I'd, I'm quite fortunate in that I can home work most of the time, mm-hmm. so. I think I'd had a couple of months at home and the first time we went out to like, I think we went to like a garden centre or something like everyone else in the UK, we went to a garden centre. Uh, It is like, I I would say if it wasn't a panic attack, it was something very close to it. Um, I just felt so uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's realizing that that was a one-off and while there's still a journey to get used to being back in, in places, I'm kind of, I've, seen friends a couple of times i go out for work once a week um so it was very much an insight and that was it but to think that that is kind of the experience that people have on a constant basis of of what they go through i think was a little bit of an eye-opener and um something that is only an eye-opener i guess to to anxiety really but an insight to actually there's a lot of things that people experience that we give very little thought or attention to Mm -hmm. um and I think that's the side that I find more interesting because I think that's not given attention if that was a bit wordy but if you get my point (laughs) yeah uh, and I, I completely agree and I think it is increasing you know people's anxiety and if they've never experienced that before and now is you have a new onset and so i think in the bigger picture of things you know we are now paying attention to how people may have suffered in silence with this before and now the rest of the world gets to see what you know inside of what they were going through every day um but there's been an increase in you know the mental illness um because people don't have you gotta realize we have no outlet as humans technically anymore you know there was no sports if that was your if that was your outlet if shopping was your outlet there's there's mm-hmm. no malls there's no shopping there's no going out that all of that has been taken and so now you are um structured inside of your four walls and you have no other outlet and i think we have to pay attention to not only how do how do people cope with it going forward but look at our children as well we are raising children in this environment and they're looking at us like, is this normal? And we don't mm-hmm. have the answers. And it's and so now our anxiety is matched, kid for an adult, and we're all stressed out. So when you want to go outside, um, perfect example, I seen a mother, you know, screaming at a kid, oh my God, don't touch this, don't do that, don't breathe on this. And the poor kid at nine was on 10,000 because he was ha- his mother was having a nervous breakdown and she was bringing him right along with it and you know how are we going to we're creating this environment but 
when it's over, like how are we going to correct it? How are we going to continue to live with it? Because this is not going to go away how people feel now. It's just not going to go away when people say, oh, well, there's no COVID and you can go back outside and you can do all your, the the mental and the, the emotional and the physical trauma is there. And now you have to, now we have to figure out how we're going to live with it afterward. I think so. I think that's the, I guess it's uh the uh word that i can't say the antipathy antipathy that that word the antipathy antipathy, uh, anyway (laughs) it's that i know what you're talking about (laughs) it's that of like the focusing on the physical side isn't it of saying once you can once you can go outside and you can move around and you can see people we'll, we'll be fine rather than looking at like you say some of those invisible impacts of of how we think how we behave um our our comfort level of of doing certain things i think will definitely change and i think you pick on a really interesting point there as well with young people with some of the the lessons learned in terms of behaviors could stick with them for the rest of their life that might be kind of their their default position um and i think we often talk about the um, some of those key messages that children learn I think it's something like between 7 and 12 or something like that um, where they pick up key sort of behavioral aspects or uh, like values that they're going to hold um, yeah. there could be some things that really really kind of stick with people uh, so yeah it's definitely a reflection there um, but you also mentioned the idea of um, kind of moving on from uh this situation or 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 certain kind of mental health struggles and behaviors um i think that'd be a nice chance to kind of move across to mentioning some of the kind of the support and the things that you do um you already mentioned that kind of the 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 live past crazy specialist side Mm -hmm. um that you've got there's also um kind of self-care resources and a retreat i've seen as well um, yeah. So there's lots of different things that you're doing. It'd be interesting to hear kind of one of those things must have come first, um, sort of what that journey has has been like to to have a, those kind of different avenues to offer support and, and where that's come from. Yeah, um, and thank you for, um, for absolutely mentioning that um, because I, I think we have, we have to have an outlet more and we mm. have to be okay saying we, we need an outlet and... We have to be okay with saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. Like, I'm I'm about sick of being stressed out. I'm, I'm sick of being this way. And be okay with starting to the journey to, you know, wherever it is that you want to go. Your destination is your own. But mm-hmm. being okay with saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. And saying it out loud. And I think sometimes um, we get addicted to telling ourselves that story. Uh, this is the only way it can be instead of looking at other possibilities and our family gets used to seeing us a certain way so when we try to heal or live differently now we have also the pressure of trying to explain it to our family like you've always been sad well I've decided today I don't want to be sad anymore but no you've always been sad yeah but I don't want to be sad anymore and they're trying to convince you of something you're trying your damnedest to come out of and so now that adds extra stress. So we, um, 
I talk about that self-care is gangster because mm-hmm. you've got to be on your, you got to be dedicated. You can't be, you can't be interested. You can't be motivated. You can't be, oh, this feels good to me. You've got to be committed to the idea that you want something different and you want something better and because it is in the commitment. So Grant Cardone says, um, if you're interested, all of your excuses are valid. If you're committed, all of your excuses are valid, but it doesn't change what you're working towards. Meaning, yes, I, you know, I was abused by my pastor and yes, I lived in the shelter and yes, I've been homeless. That doesn't change the fact that this is what I'm going to do. Yes, these are my excuses and they are valid. They are absolutely real, but I'm also choosing to live past that moment. And so when we, um, we talk about how to, how do we grow past that moment of everybody knows us this way, but now we're trying to do something different. What does just that journey looks look like? Um, and how do we, you know, feel that sit in it, and I tell people, you've got to learn to uh, be comfortable saying it with yourself first and be OK uh, with the words that are coming out of your mouth, meaning they sound strange to you at first because you haven't said, oh, I want to feel better. I, I don't want to live in anxiety. I don't want to live this. And you're not used to saying those words. So when you first say them, they feel strange to you. So you sure as hell can't go explain it to your family why you deciding to live differently because you don't quite understand those words yet. And so we walk through uh, that journey of identifying what is the crazy, how are we going to work through it, what would our life look like if we did decide to live past crazy, and then put things into place like know your triggers, know what's going to set you off, and how do you work through that quickly so that you, and it's okay to have a bad day. I'm a fan of having a bad day. Like if I have a bad day, I go straight to the bathroom and I lock myself in there and I tell the kids, bring the food to the door. You can knock once. I will reach out and grab the food and you can't come in here until I come out. Mm-hmm. And I sit in and I sit in there and I read a book or I take a bath or if it's in my bedroom, I shut the door. I bring all the snacks and I watch Scooby-Doo until I feel better. And we're allowed to have that break. You're just not allowed to live in that break. And, you know, as the only live past crazy specialist, I, I help you walk, walk through those things because I may not, our story may be different. So I'm a survivor of domestic violence and I was locked up for two years with my ex-husband. My story may be different from your story, but the journey is still the same. There was still the suicide attempts. There's still the depression, the anxiety, you know, all, I hate looking people in the eye or counting the ceiling tiles. There's still, I still understand all the the small steps that you go through. And I walk that journey, you know, I walk that journey with you to to let you know it is a-okay to live past crazy. Hmm. Thank you for, for, for sharing that. I think it's it's really valued when when people share their their own personal insights. I think it's it's a, a big thing. Um there's a couple of bits I think is really interesting you mentioned uh, we were kind of speaking about young people earlier and then you mentioned a couple of things that are kind of impacted on by being a young person affected by kind of mental health illness in particular and certain life events and I think um, that really does I guess because I was thinking from my point of view although there were kind of 
triggers at a younger age I've experienced mental health illness as an adult uh, and not as a, as a young person so when we're talking about kind of how our family sees us or how we have those images and that journey that we're trying to make uh-huh. um, I make those connections in terms of like recent conversations because that's how the current I guess identity is for me within uh-huh. my family and I want to yeah. move away from that uh-huh. but um, I think you're also talking about from what I can gather there of that long-standing identity that your family have had which must be as much as I'm thinking oh it's hard to move away from that it must be I don't want to kind of scale them but it must be so much harder and and so much more work needs to go into getting people to change and understand the flexibility around your identity changing and who you are and what you want to do that must be a real challenge especially if they're quite a a strong part of your support network (laughs) yes (laughs) it is you have no idea Your family will make you drink, and I'm not a drinker, but some days you're like, give me the closest whatever you got, and I'm going to drink that. Um, And I think you have to, um, this is what I had to do. So um, this is Confessions with JoJo time. I was not a big girl enough to go to my mother and say, hey, I'm changing, and I need you to be supportive of me. I, I just, I was not. I'm a black woman in the South. And what you do not do is talk back to your mother at any cost. You just don't do If you value your life, you don't talk back to your mother. And so there was no way those words were coming out of my mouth. And I live 400 miles away from my parents. And so what I did, that was actually a blessing in disguise, is I would limit my conversations with my family to first thing in the morning. I would call them first thing in the morning and I would have that 30, 35 minute conversation and I would not talk about anything concerning any problem that I had. I would keep it so light, like, oh, how's the weather? How's everybody doing? Okay, miss you, love you. Like I would, what's for dinner? I would keep it extremely Mm -hmm. basic Mm -hmm. and that allowed me space for me to heal and deal with the changes I wanted to make. And by the time I was brave enough to finally say the words. The change had already happened on the outside, meaning I'd done all the internal work and it was already showing up on the outside and they could see the change because sometimes we just have to agree we're not strong enough to confront our family and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And it's okay to take you a break from them, do your own internal work and allow them to see you walk that out as as, as far as you telling them. Because sometimes they don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. You're speaking Greek to them. They don't, they don't understand that. And so um, that that allowed me the space to say, okay, Jojo, take this time for yourself. You grow inside of you. Change however you want to change. They will see it, and then you can address it. And then by the time I got ready to address it, they was like, well, Jojo, you've been, you know, you've been changing forever. We saw it. And I, I realized it was my actions that were showing up. And because at the time I could not communicate. And I'm a firm believer that if you don't know how to communicate correctly with yourself, when you go to talk to your mother, your family, your sister about, hey, I really want to change. I don't want to think like this anymore. Mm-hmm. They are professional uh, naysayers. Not all of them, but some of them. They are professional complainers. You will never win an argument with them. And so you take it 
your happy self to a negative Nelly to say, hey, I'm happy today and I want to live past crazy. I don't want to have this anxiety. And your mother who loves you with all of her might, who has been complaining her entire life, the first thing that's going to come out of her mouth is a complaint because that's all she knows. And then it's then going to destroy whatever happy feeling you thought you had. And then you're going to go back and be like, well, I thought I was doing so much better. And so I learned to communicate effectively with myself first before I communicated with anybody else. And that way, when they came with the negative or Jojo, I don't understand. I was able to explain it or decide if I wanted to explain it to them. I think that's uh, a real key thing as well, isn't it? That um, perceived responsibility of, of explaining yeah. Yeah. of like, I think we, we feel like we have to do that. And to some extent, I think we put that on ourselves, but I also think a lot yeah. of the time it is put on us. It's not just us imagining it. It is put yes. on us to say, explain <laughs> this to me. Why? <laughs> why are you behaving this way or why are you doing that (laughs) like it it definitely is not all just oh I I I feel this way and I really should no actually it is put on us to explain why are you doing it it is it is set on your head and like wear it (laughs) (laughs) it is a really I think a really important thing that like it can it can take time and it can take a lot of time for for people to understand enough kind of what is going on and to be able to verbalize that and and have those conversations with people of just I'm struggling let alone kind of going into the details and maybe some of the nuances of of why that's happening or how they are going to kind of start or or continue with that recovery journey I think is is a really difficult um thing to have and I'm I'm yeah I'm yet to talk to someone that really gives me an amazing answer on that um I think it's just one of those things that you still sort of struggle with and I think often I still yeah I think we often make that assumption that I'm putting this on myself um but it is (laughs) yeah oh they did um you I mentioned like obviously kind of having having your own family and having them aware and and supporting in a way that's kind of uh, works for you has that been what has that been like kind of moving from um, having that experience where you've got a, a certain level of support from your family and the ways that it works and ways that it could be better but how has that maybe impacted on, on kind of what you've set up within your own sort of family unit and, and how that works and the communication that you have there yeah, I would tell you it has a it has had a positive impact on the family that I have established. So I have two daughters and I am very adamant about open communication and, you know, talk about your feelings and, and you're open to say whatever you want to say and you're allowed to feel however you want to feel. Let's talk about it. Um, and as far as my extended family, like my mother and my sisters, I had to come to a realization they're not going to want to have the kind of conversation I'm going to want to have. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to want to have that touchy-go feeling. So, Ma, tell me about this and this and this. She's not going to want to have that conversation. And so what I did for myself is I realized that I couldn't get that from them, but I showed them a better way to support me in my journey to when I said I want to live better, I want to live differently. You don't have to understand what I'm doing 
or why I'm choosing to live this way, but your support of it is not downgrading my journey um, and not downplaying what it is that I'm doing and realizing that I, you know, I'm choosing to make a difference in the world this way. And by me telling my story, this is how I'm making that difference in the world, even if you don't understand it. And so they have learned to support me that way, even if they can't have that conversation that I need from them, they do support me as far as they give me the space to, to be and do. And then they understand that this is how I, I choose to change the world and how, how I share my journey. This is going to be a totally not noticeable clip where, oh, I hate Skype. Basically, our call dropped out midway through our awesome conversation. Um, but not to worry, we managed to get uh, get back on the call um, and we do carry on. So, yeah, just a slightly totally not noticeable gap here where our conversation does jump just slightly. Um, but, yeah, back to the conversation. Totally not noticeable. Totally not noticeable. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, well, what happened? He went away. <laughs> it, mindset, it was like signal lost but the call was yeah. still there and then the <laughs> yeah and together. i was like how did that happen so i've i don't know I've, uh, I've jumped over to another signal so i'm hoping okay. um it'll, it'll hold out for it for a little while one thing that i i um i was thinking uh earlier when you were talking about the idea of um kind of having that time in the bathroom and watching watching programs and having kind of sweets and stuff and I remember seeing uh this is a few months ago now it might have even been before it might have even been last year he says um there was a, a thing on I think it was like our local news and there was a mum that had set up like they had a small like under stairs cupboard mm-hmm. and they used to use it for like shoes and coats and, and kind of nothing stuff but um, she'd needed like some kind of time out space. And so they'd made it into this really nice, like very minimal because it's a small space. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, I don't know how to describe it really, but just uh, like a really nice place to sit in. So there was like a couple of blankets and cushions. There were um, like a couple of candles. Uh, it was painted quite a, a, like a, a, a light but bright-ish colour. Um mm-hmm. And they just kind of set it up as a nice space to kind of get away. I think it's it's often missed or people are, I think, are sometimes made to feel guilty for having that need or that desire for like, I just need some time. Yeah. Uh, I think it was really nice to hear kind of you've got that established thing of kind of your family knowing uh, I just need this time and I'm going to be here. Um, mm-hmm. So like, if you really, really need me, I, I'm here. But otherwise, I just need a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really nice to hear people have, people do have those practices. It's not just this one lady I've seen on the news. <laughs> uh, like some people do do this. And I think it is, um, it's definitely something that I think it's nice to hear people talk about because it makes it less of like a, it makes it less of a thing to like, oh, I do this. And it's like, well, actually, a, a lot of people have different forms of, of this um and I think in kind of in our household it's very much kind of going for a walk like we'll have times when we go for a walk maybe together or or separately and it's just having that time away and outside and kind of moving 
um, is really we find really useful and I think it's yeah it's nice to hear someone just talk about that from a point of view of not just I do this but people know I do this if that sort of makes sense yeah and and, and it's okay and you're teaching your children mm. um, that it's okay to have that space to say I need some me time like my my family are true believers that me and my girls are crazy like they are, they believe that we're truly crazy because on there may be days like on a Saturday or Sunday I don't see my children till about one o'clock and they are in their rooms if we see each other we're not talking everyone is moving in their silent space and we allow each other to have that quiet time when you're ready we're here for you and and my family's like that's insane y'all don't turn on the tv like it's because we've you're so busy and interacting all the time when you have time to sit and listen to yourself and if you ever think about it, when somebody says, hey, what do you like? And you say, I, I don't know. I have no idea what it is that I like. It's because you're just so busy doing all the things. You never had a moment to yourself to think about all the things that you like and what you don't like. And I teach the girls, you know, to be quiet, sit still, figure out what it is that you like and what you don't like and go with that. Mm. Mm. I think that's such a a good conversation to have with with children as well there's so many times i think people say oh you can't go into that much detail you can't do it so you don't need to go into it's just an open question of like how do you feel or asking if are there certain things that have happened like during the day or during the week that maybe have impacted that uh you don't need to go into loads of detail about different sort of symptoms or illnesses or just whether they feel happy or sad and Mm -hmm. and how that's been affected by what has happened in the past or maybe what's going to happen in the future um i think is a a really important thing and i think we're starting to see i think that generational change where there are now uh kind of children maybe even slightly young adults that are are much more confident and I would say probably more educated and more articulate around speaking about their mental health and their well-being and they're they are better able to do that um I don't know enough to say whether they would use kind of in kind of in air quotes correct language (laughs) but whether that you can argue whether that really matters it's that they're having those conversations and they feel able to access kind of or try to access support um, Mm -hmm. when they need it oh yeah and they're not made to feel bad because they feel that way Um, sometimes your family can make you feel so bad about how you feel that then you keep it all bottled up and before you know it you're an adult with all these bottled up emotions and fears and angry and anxiety and there's absolutely no outlet for it and um, so I, I, I make it a safe space for, for them to come and talk about that. Even my, my nieces and my nephew, uh, my sister's children, they, you know, often call me to have those, I call it touchy-feely conversations, where they tell me, I, I'm upset about this, or I want to cry about this. Um, and let them know it's okay to cry. It doesn't make you soft or any different because you want to cry and get something off of your chest that's part of your healing process and you need to really pay attention to to that release that you need to give yourself mm. um i'm aware we're kind of rolling up to our time and there's i still have a couple of things i was like oh i'd be interested to talk about that um okay. uh but i think um 
what I might do is, uh, again, as much as we mentioned kind of cheating on certain conversational points um, before we started recording, I might cheat <laughs> on another one uh, okay. and say, um, please come back in future <laughs> and we'll maybe pick up yes. on, on some of those other ones. Um, yes. If if um, kind of people wanted to find out a little bit more about yourself and maybe some of the stuff that we've very, very loosely touched on, I don't think we've even mentioned the fact that you're an author. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) Next time, next time. Um, Yeah. uh, So where would be kind of the the best place for them to go to to find out about some of the kind of the support, the projects and the things that you're involved with? Okay. Um, They can find me at livepastcrazy.com. Um, all my things are there. All the books are on Amazon. If I promise, I am the only Yan Mitra Waddell out here in the world because <laughs> nobody can spell it. So I'm the only one there. Um, so if you Google me, you will find it. And then I host the Fearless Morning Show every morning on Facebook at 7:15, and we talk about you know just tips and things that you need to live past crazy because I, I don't want you to think you got to live past crazy all this and make it something great big. We do this just for today because when I was deep and crazy, I couldn't understand big day. I couldn't understand, oh, in a month you'll feel better. No, I needed you to tell me, Jojo, from this second to the next second, this is what you're going to do. And then at minute one, this is what, and I needed that step by step. And so um, we talk about that Monday through Friday on the Fearless Morning Show on Facebook so they can join me there. Awesome. I am going to mention because we've had our our our, <laughs> our issues with time already. You mentioned seven fifteen, uh, and yes. I'm going to a spoiler if no one's noticed. <laughs> you are in a different time zone. To yes. So what time? <laughs> That's what, such what, a good point. Look like we would have learned that lesson by now. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not going to tell people what time it is in in the UK. You can work it out yourself. Yeah. <laughs> what, what time is it it's where you are? <laughs> standard time here in the u.s yeah they'll have to figure out that time for you we've had enough troubles with that so <laughs> let them have some fun yeah and if you're listening from outside the uk you've got you've got we're not giving you any preferential treatment because we're not telling any of you what time it is <laughs> <laughs> just go to the facebook page and find out for yourself <laughs> yes, exactly that's right um, thank you so much for, for coming on and for, for sharing some of that experience and those insights. I think it's really um, massively value and I think hugely interesting to hear people kind of speak and share their own experiences and insights. And like I say, there's a lot more I think we, we, we've kind of not had a chance to touch on. Um, I, I, I had an inkling we might have that even after the first, <laughs> I think, two minutes. Uh, I was like, this is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> oh no, we're not going to fit anything in. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, hopefully we can we can arrange and then rearrange a few times. <laughs> um, a time to <laughs> sit. Yeah. yeah, but thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you. I appreciate you. And definitely next time we'll, we'll talk about all the good things next time. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth 
of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.